0: We acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation as the traditional owners of the land where we record and produce this podcast. We pay our respect to their elders past, present and emerging and extend that respect to any First Nations people who are listening. We acknowledge that sovereignty has not been ceded and that this land is stolen.
1: Critical Thought is an inclusive podcast dedicated to dissecting politics and culture with a critical eye. The reference to the clitoris in our title is not gendered and we do not equate the clitoris with womanhood or forward any transphobic or gender essentialist views. Hello. Hi Anna. Hey Bella.
0: How
1: are you? I'm good. Feeling good. It's really hot here in Melbourne. #Hashtag climate change. But we've had a few beers Probably and we're feeling. Yeah, <laughs> we're feeling quite loose now. So Pretty we're good.
0: ready. We graduated good. today, everyone. <laughs> Woo! <Ew>. Party time.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm so like uni. done. Yeah, uni done for now. Anyway, arts degree done. Goodbye, institutional education and a uni that supports arms dealing. Do you know about that? Yeah, I did. Oh. <laughs> you know about that on oh, the I know. I, mean, I was going to put it in my Insta caption. Like, um, I was going to do, like. you do Instagram? Yeah, I did. But I was oh, going to do, like. It. Yeah, well, you're not on socials. <laughs> um, I was going to make a caption on my Instagram. Love it when a degree teaches you, the like, how problematic international arms dealing is. But your uni actively supports it. But, you know, probably thought that was a bit spicy for a graduation post.
0: Yeah, I mean, But it's very
1: problematic. I'm not even going to say what institution I am graduating from because (laughs) it's probably not worth it.
0: Don't out yourself. Well, yeah, it's just like not worth it.
1: But it's extremely depressing, the affiliation that many Australian universities have with Lockheed Martin and, like, as an international arms dealer. They get a lot of funding from them. So I think even though they're not explicitly stating we support arms dealing, and arms trade. I mean,
0: they are. Your they goes are, and you like,
1: this. and I'm guessing that Lockheed Martin gets like access to STEM research and like graduates. So I'm thinking there must be some transactional relationship. Like Lockheed Martin isn't investing in Australian tertiary education for no reason. God, not just for fun, anyway.
0: Yeah, that's fucked up. I mean, yeah. l- universities are now. Let's get started. What <laughs> are we just talking throwing about? Throwing ourselves around the room. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, I was trying to. Turn the counter to minutes because it's on beats. <laughs>
0: Our podcast is recorded in boots. Yeah, <laughs>
1: and it would really yeah. help if I could see. Love to see how long we've been going for. But let's um, push this forward.
0: I mean, yes. I think we were more. We're, I've been talking all day. You know, I've been practicing. Yeah. I was at my graduation. Getting been heat turning strokes, up the charm, but, and I'm I'm ready to keep it going. In yeah, let's do it.
1: Let's do it. So we're gonna well topical because. It's 40 degrees in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. It's going to be like even hotter on Friday. Randomly tomorrow's, which is Thursday. <laughs> tomorrow's not going to mm-hmm. actually be as hot as it yeah, is. Yeah, tomorrow's going to be chill. Yeah, but on Friday it comes back. Yeah, anyway.
0: I saw a headline at the post office that was like <coughs> something like Tuesday or something was Australia's hottest day on record, like someday recently. Yeah, no, I
1: got that Did notification. That?
0: But then I was confused
1: because Tuesday wasn't, oh my God, it's my mum. It actually wasn't that hot in Melbourne, was it? So if we go, if we start this, we want to start this discussion talking about the heat because that's surrounding us, Mm. but also just talking about the fires and really wanting to, I mean, obviously Mm. not do like a stupid like, oh, fires are bad and this sucks because obviously we all know that. But like let's try and add some nuance to this discourse. Like what what are these fires? What do they represent? I mean,
0: it's a good opportunity for us to really um, kind of, Examine the actions of our political leaders and their inadequacy. I mean, even a comparison of Scott Morrison's response to these fires, which are burning an area the size of England, yeah. even now, yeah, they're not going to get better. It's still summer. It's still hot. And comparing Morrison's response to the response of Jacinda Ardern to the um, volcano there is—it's literally—it's shocking. I mean, Morrison is in. <laughs> As we film, as we record this out, <laughs>
1: there's no visual.
0: <laughs> Morrison is is on route to Hawaii. He's yeah, out I of think here he's probably there by family. now. He's probably there, and it's yeah. like. It's actually so
1: funny. Like, I've read read so many headlines. Everyone's so annoyed that, like... But the headlines make it out we're annoyed that he's on holidays and, like, with no context to the fires. Like, it's like Australian communities in uproar over Morrison's holiday. And I'm like, no, I don't care he's having a holiday. Yeah, there's a national emergency. Yeah, when you you put your hand up to be PM, Mm. you think there are some sacrifices you make, like not taking a family trip to Hawaii over Christmas when Mm. the whole country is in flames. Now, it's a very interesting point. I went to a talk recently... Um, With A.C. Grayling, the philosopher, I love A.C. Grayling. Yeah, cutie queen. (laughs) Um, He basically said the problem with like modern day politics is that he is that politicians no longer see this role as an act of service, but as a career. Mm. And so, like, of course, when you're in a career minded position or job, you're going to be wanting to take a holiday. And I get it. I get it. You need a holiday in this neoliberal grind. (laughs) This neoliberal pushing us to a cutter, but treadmill. It's fucking rough. But in saying that
0: it makes him seem incredibly selfish, which he I mean, I smell with SCOMO, I smell something incredibly fishy. Even more than most liberal PMs. I mean, I have an inherent I just, obvious distrust yeah. for any liberal PM. Yeah. But with SCOMO, I smell something even fishier than yeah. usual. Do you get that? I do, I do, because I at least with Turnbull, mm. I
1: felt like, oh, uh, he is like <laughs> He's not hot, but he's kind of, like, groomed and, like, a schmoozer, (laughs) but, like, he clearly (laughs) has... He's hot in the right
0: (laughs) He's on a really good day.
1: Yeah, but he kind of has some form of, like, Mm. like about him that shows, like, oh, he is qualified.
0: I feel like I could have... I don't... I have no time for Turnbull's policies. I think he's really annoying. He's, like, literally the biggest neoliberal Neoliberal queen I've ever met, sometimes even more than Abbott. But I do feel like to an extent I could have some kind of conversation in the coffee shop if I didn't know anything about their politics with yeah, for sure. and with Abbott. With ScoMo, I'm like, oh, I, I like wouldn't want to. to. Yeah, I just feel like he's just,
1: oh, mm, I don't know. Something
0: smells bad about him, I do he's not. He's just like a blob that I can't get my hands on. I really read from him, like, I just feel like he has no... <laughs> It's all hearsay. Literally, no evidence here. (laughs) I don't get any empathy from him. Nothing.
1: Yeah, no either. And especially like
0: hard, cold wall. Yeah, I just,
1: it's just I don't know. Mm. I think our modern just like our distrust of political leaders is like very just. But in saying that, it's so like it's very interesting because I don't know who I would trust.
0: Oh no, there's very few people in the exactly political system I trust. So I'm like. I mean, there's a few senators that I'm not going to name. You're <laughs> not going to name them? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't want to like out. I don't want to get partisan. Like, there's senators in both the Greens and in Labor that I trust. Mm. What about Libs? It, no. <laughs> Obviously not. I don't trust well, anyone in the Liberal then. Party. But, All right.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, trust is such a. I don't think we can trust political leaders anymore. And yeah. I don't. I think because when you become a politician, you sign your soul away. So mm. it's very interesting. I mean, I don't know. I just graduated which, from a politics degree, and every question is like, oh, do you want to be a politician? And, and I'm, I'm like, <laughs> why would I want to be a politician? No. Like, if you want to be of service to your country, I just feel like poli- politi- the job description of politicians is like not where to be. Rather die.
0: Like, yeah.
1: But I'm obsessed with like politi- <clears throat> political like, formations, political
0: institutions, and political structures. Mm. I mean, speaking of politicians, I think we should talk a little bit about. The role, the structural role, Gladys Koala Killer, Beretian. Wow. like <laughs> <laughs> I like don't even attempt that. <laughs> I really have to. Uh,
1: yeah, and no, I think you would know more this. being from Sydney, though. What played are your thoughts? This. I only know her as the Koala Killer
0: and she her, her lockout laws. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what I I know in regards to the fires that she cut. Yeah. The number so of fire sad. management officers from, um, it's either thirty-two or thirty-four, somewhere in the thirties, to ten. And it basically made this role, which is crucial, in Australia, which has one of the most horrendous, yeah. some of the most horrendous fires. And the potential for fires as well. Yeah, New South Wales especially. She cut mm, the number like of fire way. management officers who are experts in backburning, et cetera, mm. from 32, 34 to 10. Mm. One dude was managing an area the size of Tasmania. Yeah, and you had like two other helpers. Yeah, and Tasmania has more than one. Tasmania, which is obviously the size of Tasmania, has more than w- one fire management officer. It's yeah. I just it's beyond me how you can be so <laughs> irresponsible. Yeah. and we're talking about people's lives. People's I mean, lives. I think that's what
1: confuses me the most. So like, I un- mm. like I don't understand, but I can see what where mm. where they why they put funding in. Like in extremely capitalist incentivized policies because they want the gain, the capital gain, and mm. they want to secure, um, you know, secure jobs, secure yeah. or
0: something like immediate, mining. Yeah, which secure has the immediate a lot of votes. Cor- yeah, I correlate. see that.
1: But when there's something like bushfires, that like, like bushfires are non-discriminant. Mm-hmm. They don't wow. care if you're upper class or lower class, black, no. white, Asian, tee-hee. Um, they don't care whether <laughs> <Shout yourself. laughs>
0: they're bi. They don't
1: care about base actions. <laughs> But that's what I think about it. And I'm like, I get like, if we think about this from a larger scale, regardless of votes, regardless of your political motives, mm. regardless of everything, this is real life and like Stupid. real lives. And like when mm-hmm. there's a large scale huge fire coming for you Gladys or Scott or like any of our leaders with Mm. potential to make like make positive or make like meaningful Mm -hmm. change I think about it and I'm like no that shit matters when there's a huge fire coming for you
0: (laughs) I mean it sounds
1: so apocalyptic but it is and I think climate change at this point is and you need to look you need to look at it from that perspective otherwise Then you're just spending all this time dilly-dallying around like Mm. going to Hawaii, cutting people, talking about lockout laws. And I'm like, I get it. I get that they're important policies for your administration.
0: Mm.
1: But when the country is in flames and like... It's a
0: national emergency. It is a national emergency. It's pretty... I don't want to use a really strong word, but I'm going to. No, do it. I think it's pretty unacceptable.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're going to say something way worse.
0: pretty (laughs) fucked. Yeah. That Scott Morrison could even conceive of going to a a different country on a vacay in the middle of a national emergency. I mean, I understand the neoliberal grind, but I just feel like if you accept, this like when we were talking about Zuck last week. Yeah. If you are in a position of major power, political, corporate, whatever, like you have to really ask yourself before you do that, do I have enough personal accountability, personal responsibility to manage this threat
1: yeah, and exactly. to manage this
0: situation. And if you can't to the point that you have to go on vacation to Hawaii, then what gives you the right and what makes you think you're capable of even doing it? You know? Yeah, exactly. If and especially when we look at someone like Ardern who every time there's an emergency, we're talking about the Christ volcano, Church. Christchurch... She responds perfectly with empathy, with grace, with compassion, and like immediately, and with this immediately, yeah. And he and Scott Morrison has a lot to learn, and honestly,
1: it's we can choose not to, yeah. And I think that's the biggest issue. The biggest issue here, I was Scott Morrison, mm-hmm. like you've chose, he's chosen to leave the country, and he's
0: chosen not to think about it. He's chosen not to think and about and it, and uh, as not to the prime minister, it. he shouldn't honestly have it's that not luxury. A choice.
1: It's not a choice, especially if you're a prime minister. Like if you think about those countries and those places in flames, yeah, it's not. right. Right,
0: um, which leads us to the next point, which is about his other the other thing he was <laughs> spinning. Before yeah, before he, went he to flew Hawaii. to Hawaii,
1: like that was our issue at the beginning. Uh, now, but our issue like a couple of days ago was his uh, incomplete focus on the religious discrimination bill. Now, if you haven't read it, you can just Google it. Actually, I can put it in the description below. Yeah, but, the
0: full PDF's online, right? Yeah,
1: I was having a good gaze at it, <laughs> and my big, uh, well, the biggest thing I drew from it mm. is that they're trying to like put forward this mm-hmm. this act, this bill, this accord that protects religious freedom. Now, yeah. he the, in he, it's not God himself or God, but th- <laughs> the bill pretty much states, and like Article Three, I'm pretty sure, mm-hmm. like it's the freedom to practice any religion you want. Yeah. But it also is a freedom to, like, not practice a religion or yeah. act on any form of, like, religion, religious mm. um, s- practice. But that is what is the funniest thing about this whole thing mm. is that, like, the people it is impacting the most are the people. Like, it's it's not protecting both sides yeah, no. in, an, in an equitable... No, it's not. Um, and it's, like, a
0: classic, like, <laughs> I'm going to sound like such a political theory loser right now but it's a classic like the classic juxtaposition of freedom to and freedom from being up against each other oh it is exactly some people's freedom quote-unquote freedom to quote-unquote practice their religion comes at like the discrimination discrimination of others
1: and the freedom like freedom from discrimination and we talked about this as well because this is like a very important Mm. just um i guess it's an important like idea in the terms of like um, reproductive justice. Yeah. Now we were reading this Guardian article. I'll link it. I mean, we were laughing, but like we shouldn't. But they I'm had laughing
0: because the, the, the examples, examples of
1: like what people could do with the, this religious discrimination bill—they
0: were so bad that. They but they were, were just so niche. But they're possible, now. but they're
1: possible now, and it was terrifying that we were like laughing. But Once anyway, pretty much people were like, "Oh, doctors apparently could refuse you the morning after pill, refuse you contraception, refuse you... on the you. basis
0: of religious views." Yeah,
1: exactly. Refuse you an abortion refusing any form of like rights that are afforded to you purely on their mm. religious inclining inclinations a
0: waiter could refuse you service yeah so there was like social restaurant. there
1: was like medical there was like <laughs> there was like a lot of different distinctions of like what it could imp- imp- implicate mm. but like it was terrifying to see like how that yeah how that like would manifest and like the article pretty much quote quote unquote it's like going to change social life as we dramatically. know dramatically
0: social and public life dramatically and that's crazy i mean it but doesn't sound that, ideal no that's crazy. it's just like it's so life, hard to fathom mm.
1: but then it's like so much is changing that maybe mm-hmm. it's not even like we shouldn't even be like surprised
0: surprised yeah we probably shouldn't
1: but in saying that so back to the freedom to freedom from so the freedom mm-hmm. it's like in Victoria, we're, we're very, like, lucky, fortunate. I don't know what word to use, but we're, we're, we've got abortion, a legalised <laughs> abortion. thank God. Thank the Lord. But we're so privileged. Um, bless, <laughs> blessed that we have abortion. Thank you, Daniel. But Neil. in saying that, so, like, we have the freedom to being, we have the freedom to um, have, an have an abortion. We have the freedom to turn up at mm-hmm. the doctors and have it. But we don't have freedom from the discrimination or the oppression of The social structure, the political structure, the religious structures that Mm -hmm. surround us to actively have it without discrimination. Exactly. So I think that's what the biggest distinction here is: is that like we like like, you know freedom to to was not we want freedom from, Mm -hmm. but now we won't have freedom to anything.
0: Yeah, you know when you see on like TV shows, documentaries, (laughs) movies from the US. And they have those scenes where someone will walk into an abortion clinic, like Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood, and there'll be all those crazy, oh, like Juno evangelicals outside being yeah. like, "No, yeah,
1: Juno," And like, she's like,
0: your "They baby. have fingernails." <laughs> yeah, and it's like I, there's an episode of Broad City where Abby and Alana. Have yeah. you watch Broad City. No, I haven't. Oh, I need it. to get on it. Everyone who's listening should watch it. So fucking funny. <laughs> the three people listening. <laughs> that's, <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> that's a stretch. Two. <laughs> My mum, <One>. your mum. <laughs> anyway, back to Um it. There's an episode where they're like helping you can volunteer and like help people walk from the beginning to the end, yeah. Of this line where there's people yelling, being like man, harassing man, man, man. them, yeah. What if that happens to us because of this bill? You yeah, know? I mean, the abortion or just like
1: reproductive laws in itself have been ext- like are like the almost mm. like some of the most vulnerable in terms of like when mm-hmm. new things come to front because whenever you have kind of progress, yeah. It's like very easily for the for it to slip mm. away. I mean,
0: abortion, reproductive rights, always seem to be under threat. They always are because I every think – every time a conservative
1: government yeah, gets in, it's like and hold I on. I hate to like just be like gender, 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 or sex, sex, sex. <laughs> but the difference, <laughs> and they're at a party. <laughs> yeah, the difference is it because these laws only only mm. impede on women, probably, and all these men making these. Decisions,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, I empathize. I mean, this is something we see. I think we see this more in the states than we see it here. Yeah, but that's not. But to it's say- not legal in the NSW. Yeah, it's not. Sorry, I don't know why. Well, I, said I think NSW. it wasn't it just legalized. It was like it was
1: passed, yeah. but like there are so many advocates that are mm. readily like against abortion. I don't know. It's very interesting because I don't want to equate abortion with conservatism because I know that's not. That's it's not true. as simple as
0: that. And I think it's a complicated issue. It is,
1: and like I empathize mm-hmm. with the complexities of it because I yeah. do see it, mm-hmm. and like yeah, um, it's yeah, like yeah. something I think about a lot. But also, I'm like definitely for women having the autonomy and the choice exactly over their life and over how they have their children and how mm-hmm. they raise their children, and how yeah, for the rest of you know till till they've till that child's an adult, go back <laughs> to this religious discrimination act and like. We have we have had like a huge we did do a huge rant on religion and then we have realized mm. that like maybe we don't we're not in the position to say the things we said because at the
0: end of the day mm. I mean I stand by one thing I said when we last yeah what I do you, you say <laughs> love gonna... God <laughs> <laughs> yeah which is that I do think personally there's a lot of <laughs> um like a kind of atheism that exists and. Sometimes in our circles, but on the kind of on a wider scale, practiced by people yeah, like yeah. Richard Dawkins, et al., etc. Yeah. That's actually incredibly intolerant <laughs> yeah. and judgmental, and sometimes it sympathizes with the right wing, but is also sometimes on the left. And I find that a lot more toxic and worrying than just mildly religious people who are like, "Oh, my family's religious. Sometimes I go to church."
1: Yeah, or even the really religious mm. people that I like. I completely empathise with their sense yeah. that they have got a sense of community, sense of purpose, exactly. and like a real meaning. And I like envy and I'm that. i be jealous. Yeah, I'm yeah, jealous I envy of that. that. But in saying that. Yeah, we don't want to become off as religious intolerant because we're we're not we're definitely not and we do see its role in society and we do really much want to emphasise yeah. that because and there are
0: some really good teachings across the board yeah definitely but I think our biggest text. issue
1: is like how religious texts are inter- interpreted to to spread to hate, excuse just, xenophobia just yeah just discriminate um and I think that's our biggest issue because yeah. obviously the I think some of the loudest voices the issue mm. with it is like so sad but. <laughs> <laughs> the loudest voices S- are bigots. No, uh, yeah. Are. And so you have these people, mm. in, like many people that practice it yeah. so respectfully. So, and yeah. then they're, you just like, obviously, cause they're not going to like mm. she shouting that it's like of it's the people you hear from other people that are yeah. against, and people abortion, that use against the Bible or migration. whatever other
0: texts to justify hate, which is really sad because yeah. <laughs> as I said on our last episode, the quote-unquote like golden rule, and I remember this from being a kid, of those texts is about respect and loving people. It's just, you love God, yeah. As you love, yeah, love thy neighbor. Whatever. And I don't see that as a bad. And that's the main thing. That's about tolerance. Yeah, it's and a, a bad. Like we should
1: all strive for proverb. We like, should all
0: be so lucky to have yeah, that. Yeah. You
1: know? Yeah. Exactly. So if you can practice it, but
0: <laughs> it's when, our teaching. Yeah. <laughs> when
1: it implicates politics on a national, like scale, mm. and it does have the ability to implicate. Not even just social life, but like medical. Yeah, I think that's something when we've really got to look at ourselves and be like, "All right, like, is this going to be something? Is like where into?" Like, I understand the threat that mm. Scott Morrison, who is an evangel- evangelical Christian, um, I understand <laughs> right, the threat and he's our PM <laughs> the threat that is right now because mm. there's never been a time in modern history or even in like ever in the history of mankind, I don't think. This is probably <laughs> a big call. But that religion has been on the decline no, in the such a way. No, religion's never
0: been so unpopular as it is now, especially yeah. in uh, the Except right unquote, now with the, the hot world. priest. <laughs> he's, <laughs> back, back. he's back with the hot
1: priest, but no, back again, yeah. <laughs> yeah in the Western liberal the modern the world, no. So I understand the threat we that people fear. become more and more
0: secular every minute. And yeah. some, I think that is an argument you could make which asks, like, what kind of quote-unquote value system has replaced that and yeah, how are people finding meaning now? And the yeah. answer is there's, there's nothing. Are they not? Well, how how do you f- – I guess you could say maybe now people find meaning in their friends, in their family, <laughs> yeah, or you could so... be more of a cynic and you could say, oh, maybe mm. the new God is consumption, the new God is Zuckerberg, the new God yeah. is pseudo-validation, the new God is identity. Like, you could mount a number of – yeah, Theses. and you can see that
1: very much in, like, society, just mm. in the way that, like, morality has now become so ambiguous. Yeah. And we talk about this, Bella and I talk about this, like, mm-hmm. all the time, moral ambiguity and, like, how... Like, wow, well, we said this on the last podcast, mm. there's right and wrong, but then there's, like, such grey. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that is where religion, that is where philosophy, that is where, yeah. like, many teachings come in Art, to kind music, of, like, poetry. discern the difference in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And then I think about it and I'm like, yeah, what is the modern day equivalent?
0: equivalent? And I really don't think there is one. And I think if there was, is that why, it would we're all be... Just like,
1: we're all consumption. just like, yeah
0: that's what i think as well but then i'm like
1: how does that give us a moral compass it doesn't yeah. really like
0: <laughs> and i think that's like i we're think screwed? increasingly we live these and like this is why i think a kind of anti-religion stance really aligns with a hyper individualist right wing stance because i think yeah. increasingly we live these isolated siloed Hyper individual lives, where we're always the Western way of thinking and its individualist roots is, is just wrong.
1: Yeah, no, for sure, and that's why I hate to say. It, but that's why we have climate changes because we don't <laughs> want the we don't want to act as a as a society no. as a group. We want to we're all obsessed with our own mm-hmm. gains, our own consumption, our own property, so that like we can't even conceive to think together or live together exactly. or live in a harmonious state. Where yes, you've got a mm-hmm. compromise, but the compromises you make are so important to the wider community. Like if you – yeah, it just – yeah, it's a very Mm. – I don't know. It's really interesting thinking about climate change, science and religion because often they're like very mutually exclusive ideas.
0: Mm. But they're not. But
1: they're actually not.
0: (laughs) Everything's interconnected. But they are and I think Mm. it's so –
1: yeah, like – Also,
0: there's such amazing perspectives, post-colonial perspectives on climate change. Yeah, yeah. And – the way climate change emerges from a certain kind of, like, colonial, uh, imperialist, in, industrialization mindset, that's and which is also very individualist, which is yeah. so toxic. And yeah. its toxicity is revealing itself in the impending apocalypse.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, like, almost it's like we deserve it. <laughs>
0: it's like, take it. The doom
1: and gloom. <laughs> but, like, yeah,
0: I think it's a very mm. interesting
1: thing to sort of, like, lead on from mm-hmm. in terms of, like, political leadership, yeah, um, c- capitalism, mm-hmm. colonialism and, like, yeah. neocolonialism even more so mm-hmm. and, like, how that all co- is sort of being sort of exposed right now in, like, yeah. the Western liberal democratic sort of order mm-hmm. in terms of, like, well, segue to the British election.
0: Yeah, it was amazing segue. Exactly.
1: I was just thinking that. And it's... It's honestly like, I mean, I ask Bella this regularly, mm. but I asked her, like, why is it that political incompetency is now mm. the is now the like the norm New Vogue. And yeah, why is it so sought it's after? Fucking
0: hard. Yeah, and I'm
1: like, is it because we want anarchy? Like I don't think it mm. is because I don't even think people could mm. even conceive what an anarchist society would look no, like.
0: I don't think we can. I think our attraction to political or the attraction to political incompetency, I don't know if I personally relate. Is to do with being exhausted and fed up with establishment politics. Yeah, yeah. Which and so anything that looks like it isn't that, it's like bring them in because yeah. people are fed up. Like people are not happy. Neoliberalism is not making people feel content. People feel like things were better before.
1: Yeah, or they don't even know what it was like before, mm,
0: but they and, assume it was better.
1: Yeah, because I think the thing with neoliberalism. As a construct and as a mindset, mm-hmm. it's so individual mm-hmm. that, like, of course, there's only going to be one person at the top. Yeah. And there's never going to be the – like, mm-hmm. there's, it's never going to be – I mean, I'm not like, oh, my gosh, communism, like, everyone was equal and everyone was so happy and, like, it was fucking awesome. <laughs>
0: Take me back to Stalinist, yeah. Russia. Because
1: I know that <laughs> – Daddy. Yeah. But, like, how do you – how does this result in the leaders that we've got? It's yeah. like, co- incompetency now is like <laughs> out in the open. Well, it's like a marketing tool. Trump posts whatever he wants, mm-hmm. and like, we're so in, in, like, we're so
0: rule by tweet.
1: Yeah. And we're all just like so immune to it that we're like, oh, haha. Like, we don't even take much notice of it. No. And I'm not, I don't, it doesn't mean he's lost his power. It just means that he's not accountable for anything anymore. No. And He's like not. if your political leaders don't have accountability, then it's like what mm. kind of morality or what kind of state do we live under where, yeah, we, we yeah, don't no one's leaders. in charge. Yeah, no one no is in charge. It's like why have a leader that says they're going to do something if there is no accountability?
0: I know. And, well, it's so interesting. Political journalists are very hasty to make quick correlations between literally anything. Like yeah. people are like, oh, Brexit and Trump, same thing. Yeah. People are like, oh, our election, Brexit, Trump, same thing. Yeah. And people love to say that Boris Johnson and Trump are like the same dude or like Boris Johnson is just like a skinnier version of Donald <laughs> Trump with less fake tan. Mm. And it's like, no, Boris Johnson is firmly from the, the establishment. establishment. Yeah. He went to one of the big uh, Oxford or Cambridge. I can fact check, continue talking. <laughs> um He's deeply from the the establishment but he's seen what this kind of I'm with you, I see what's wrong, I'm here for you thing that Trump has done and he's seen that it works and he's taken it on and it has worked for him. It was a landslide election. He broke the red wall. He took seats that the Tories have never had.
1: Yeah, He took seats
0: that were decimated by Thatcher and what does that say about why and the ways that the left are so unappealing at the moment. Like, what does that tell us?
1: Yeah. And how can People we on the so, left respond? so repelled by the left. Like, If you're not ew. in the left, you're repulsed.
0: You are. Like, the left. Yeah. We talked about this. The left is so unsexy to anyone yeah. who's not in the left. Yeah. And unsexy is the word, I think. The Red Scare Gals, and we talked about this last time, I uh, always talk about how kind of fascism and the things Trump say, and maybe to a lesser extent the things Buzzer says, yeah, are kind of libidinal, especially Trump because he's so, um, kind of brutish and brash, and he says whatever he wants, and he's unrestricted. Yeah, and there's something libidinal Florence about that. To that's Aiton. appealing. I knew it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and he went to Oxford, but he also went to Eton. Oh, now I can never eat Eton miss, Not that I would. Not that I would. <laughs> anyway yeah yeah (laughs) vegan life um (laughs) um, but yeah no I think I do really see that Mm. in terms of like why it's always been like everyone loves an underdog Mm. everyone loves the idea of the other everyone loves this like I mean people don't love the idea of the other no but I mean like it always is like against the establishment against the status Mm. quo I mean, everyone's like, oh, Boris is crazy. And I'm like, no, he's not. He
0: went to Eton, guys. Yeah, he went to Eton. He went to Oxford. Then he went to Oxford immediately. Tony Abbott was a Rhodes Scholar. Like, I don't
1: know where Scott Morrison went to, but I'm sure
0: it's elite. Um, Yeah, and I think we there's every time something like this happens, everyone's like, oh, these idiot workers. Like, they don't, these (laughs) dum-dums. You know, this happened with, Mm. like, Queenslanders here. It happened with... American, I don't know where where the areas were, with Trump, it's happening with Brexit. It's like, oh, people in the inner city who are highly educated are like, oh, these people are so stupid. They don't understand their own interests. And it's like, how can you be so elitist to say that to someone?
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, he went to the university. Scott Morrison went to the University of New South Wales and studied a Bachelor of Science in Applied Economic Geography. (laughs) That is like the most random thing I've ever heard. That's really nice. And it was also, this is Wikipedia, so don't quote me, but it says some reports have suggested he was the iconic 1970s Vix love rub kid. But footage to confirm this refute, this has been not found.
0: What's the thing about the mackers? He like shot himself in Oh, in and Maccas? Endigan mackers in
1: 1997. <laughs> yeah. Apparently he had a big day and shot himself there. Oh.
0: And he's our prime minister. Yeah. I mean,
1: I won't comment for him for that. <laughs> he's kind of out of all the things he's done that's the least offensive to me <laughs> that's the least drama. offensive anyway back to this back to the whole idea so let's talk about more about the british election in terms of why jeremy
0: corbyn so abysmally lost yeah. he was deeply unpopular as yeah. a leader there was I the didn't... anti-semitism scandal yeah which they timed perfectly <laughs> good job whoever leaked that yeah perfect timing. yeah good time really got him good there yeah um there was a uh, unclear stance on Brexit. Yeah, which
1: I think uh, – I mean, it wasn't the Brexit election. Obviously, mm. it was the healthcare election. But, mm-hmm. like, Brexit is on everyone's kind of, like
0: – It's on the radar. It's radar, big. but
1: they're backburned. People are kind mm-hmm. of fed up. They're like, we need some action on this. Is it going to happen or is it not? Yeah. And, like, if you're un- – yeah, if a politician mm-hmm. – I think that just got him in terms of, like – if he wasn't able to hold a strong stance, people mm. just don't want to buy it. Where Boris Johnson, everyone knows exactly what he stands yeah, for. his
0: whole thing, his big catchphrase, get Brexit done, get it done, get it done, get it yeah. done. Yeah, and, like, that obviously would be, a, mm. like, a strategy, but it I worked. Mean, yeah, there was this interview with, uh, like, a, a conservative fan guy in the London review, review of Books where this guy was like, oh, it's all bullshit anyway. Even when you win, nothing gets done. Like, look at Brexit. Yeah. And, and we, I do s- empathize with that. Because, yeah, it's interesting because obviously most democracy. of us on the left, me and you, are anti-Brexit, mm. pro-Remain. We think of it as a kind of xenophobic le- legislation. Mm. But equally, I mean, from, a, from the point of view of democracy, which is the system we're all meant to exist in, um, if you vote for something, why hasn't it? Like, why does it take two years to happen? Like, the yeah, British still people so did vote for Brexit. Even though it's xenophobic, I I don't want it to happen. Mm. But, it does. but there is
1: something to be said for the democratic model mm. and why people are so fed up with liberalism, democracy, mm-hmm, our mm-hmm. political systems, because they don't actually... Really, f-
0: it's not happening.
1: Yeah, well, they don't actually f- feed a, a working response or a no. working outcome.
0: Yeah, and it does speak a lot, I think, to the power... And the importance within our political systems of economic growth, of free trade and of these kind of important trade agreements that we have and the neoliberalism seems to continually trump anything else. Yeah, and you think about all the walls that are strengthening between states mm-hmm. and the sovereign
1: state system. So, like, there's a big idea that to order, in order to address these, mm. like, because we do live in like such a globalized world now we have the mm-hmm. internet we have climate change <laughs> equally <laughs> we have well we just have a very much like cross transnational like third of gender issues transnational mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. corporations we have you know not saying all oh, this is good but it exists okay that's our current situation but but in saying that there's no way to effectively respond to things like like climate change, mm-hmm. like terrorism, mm-hmm. like I don't even know, maybe political disenfranchisement, if we mm-hmm. don't sort of take it from a universal cosmopolitan perspective. Because mm-hmm. I think with the strengthening of of state borders, which means enhances state competitiveness yeah. markets, enhances like the desperation to gain capital, mm-hmm. enhances everyone's individualist within yeah. their state
0: individualism Mm -hmm. is, like, hyper... Yeah, I mean, we do have, like, a growth now of a kind of economic nationalism, people wanting things to stay in the state economically. Australian-made, Australian-owned, Australian... Australian, Yeah, yeah. and I get that, I get it. with Trump, especially... Yeah. Like, post-industrial communities, ETC, the territory within it, I get that. Mm -hmm. But in
1: saying that, in order to respond to the issues that affect us all in varying degrees, but affect
0: us all... Yeah, we do need to come together.
1: Yeah, and I think by actioning things like Brexit, by closing borders, by like, sorry, but in the next 10 years we're going to have an insurge of climate refugees. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, we're going to have in the next 20 years, we're going to have like even more things that we didn't even know that exists right now. And yeah. I'm thinking if we think that like in order to respond from a global community, community perspective, the strengthening of borders, I get this, I get the importance of stuff, Richie. I get the importance of security of a state. But, like, I just don't think it's, like, a viable means. No, it's not. And I think
0: that's, like, one of the biggest things back on climate change. But that is the biggest thing that so is impeding a response. Effective climate change response will never – I'm going to sound like such a – Nihilist. <laughs> socialist over here. But the effective climate change responses will never happen unless we put less of an emphasis on our need for continual economic growth. Yeah, definitely. Because we we lit. It's it's impossible. We cannot yeah. and there should reduce be a different reduce our way. emissions without reducing our our consume con, Cons- consumption consumption. Yeah,
1: because Consum- they consumation. <laughs> um, but in saying that, yeah, because if you think about it, like, there's a lot of text and I think I'll try and find some and link in the description. <laughs> but there's should be a new way to mar- m- measure mm. and state's growth that's not gross domestic product. Yeah. There should be, because that's not the way we should measure success. Mm. Success shouldn't, shouldn't be how much is your state earned and consumed and put out. Success should be, well, not even success. But, well, well, I mean, success is such a how nebulous word. How are your word. citizens going? Yeah. What is the mental health of them? Mm-hmm. Or how do they feel? Sorry, that's a bit <laughs> vague, but maybe like. How are they going? How are they?
0: <laughs> how, are oh, you, how are you? <laughs> oh.
1: <laughs> but it should be more on like, yeah, how are they I was gonna say how are they doing. Sorry, can I be it's, more uh, I I guess
0: countries like I'm such a slut for Scandinavian countries, but countries like Sweden, countries like me trying to remember any other country in Scandinavia. <laughs> countries like Norway,
1: Finland, countries like Denmark Finland, Denmark,
0: all of the GDP of those nations is not huge yeah they're not they like quite wealthy though but yeah they are wealthy but they, they don't have the kind of crazy gdp yeah country other countries have but the, the happiness of their citizens is way up so beautiful because they yeah. have and part of that is because a lot of them have really good social systems yeah like yeah i don't want to talk about this do you, would you, is this. that the
1: nordic model
0: the nordic model yeah
1: yeah because it's so interesting i'm actually mm. quite fascinated by the nordic model yeah because i went when i was going to some rallies in mm-hmm. melbourne earlier in the year i
0: think they were like
1: i think they were gender ones anyway might have been like international women's mm-hmm. day or something like that go off sis <laughs> and a lot of people there was this group of people that were mm. walking out with gas masks all painted like mm-hmm. in a very apocalyptic aesthetic yeah and it was like fuck the nordic model oh god and i wasn't sure what that meant because then there were a lot of, a lot of posters and stuff that were like, mm. let's go Nordic model. And I was like confused about this <laughs> oh, discourse or this like rumble because I was like, what is happening? And then I looked Shit. it up, but I couldn't really find an answer to why people would be so against the Nordic model and why they would come to a rally in Melbourne. To
0: spread that word. To
1: spread that. Like I get that, like that was like, God, that's awful. That was a bit of traction there. Like I get it because they were yeah. the pro Nordics, but like, <laughs> I'm like confused no, I need to do more I'm research. Say something really like whoops.
0: <laughs> Someone's going to be like, "Oh, sorry sis." No, but I this just really fucked up things going on in Sweden.
1: Well, I don't know. I've got a Swedish passport, so mm. I can sort of vouch a bit. Yeah. Half my family lives in Sweden. I spent a lot of time there. Mm. And I wouldn't I do attest to that idea that they are not as consumerist, consumerist and wealthy, from what you've but they'll they seems like Is I mean there in, more of
0: a sense of community from your anecdotal experience. <laughs>
1: <laughs> from my grandma's house in the middle of nowhere. Um, I guess, but I think I would look at it from like, mm. so when I when I ever go to visit my family in Sweden, mm. I always spend time in Copenhagen because that's actually like closer to Sweden or to where my family is than Stockholm. Stockholm yeah. And like it is fucked expensive. Mm, Everyone walks around I've in acne. That. Everyone's got like, everyone's obsessed with Danish fashion fashion. bloggers like and i get it they're amazing (laughs) they're they're fair skin they've got amazing joggers and they wear trench coats and then they ride their bike and they eat a bagel yeah it's a good vibe it's higa higa
0: higa. i have a book about that
1: yeah anyway but it's fucking expensive and i was like Mm. talking to my friend about it i was like why can we not buy anything Mm -hmm. that's under 20 dollars i mean like i mean like a a breakfast like a dinner like anything under 20 aud
0: isn't the gst way up
1: well, also that, but also because they get paid so much higher. Mm. So, like, as a benchmark, they get paid more. Yeah. So then they can spend more, but they also don't, like, they also yeah, live yeah. under, like,
0: I don't know. It's a don't very... they have high taxes?
1: Yeah, they do. Okay. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. See, that that's kind of I support. They,
0: yeah. <laughs> that I love. Well, it's like, we're so
1: against, reg- we're against regulation, but then in forms of, like, taxes and stuff. Yeah. It's, like, so interesting. It's so, like, I'm so anti enforcement in private life but then in public and social life I'm like
0: yeah I'm definitely pro big attack, like big wealth distribution so yeah no I for
1: sure but are you a for more rich. regulation in terms of like impeg- impeging, <laughs> impeaching or impeding on individual life in terms of like obviously not in a social way but in an economic and yes. within a, yeah Well, that's the thing it's so hard because you could like mm-hmm obviously there's not a perfect society but like in my head it's like
0: social oh you have you we've talked about this it's like this thing where you're like oh no like socially culturally i feel like a libertarian it's like do whatever you want yeah yeah live your individual life girlfriend but economic kiss kid's that like, dude <laughs> it's like tax <laughs> rich yeah like tax entirely yeah. take away all of their money um yeah That's it's tricky but it's tricky, and I think this is something that we discussed the
1: other day. Mm. We come from such a place of privilege that we do not want to demonize or discriminate or condescend those who vote in a certain way because no. that is their lived experience. Exactly. And like Bella and I are so lucky that whatever we vote isn't going to be directly it's implicating us. Yeah, it's not going to. We're not going to walk out our door and like be directly affronted with whatever decision we make. No. But in saying that, like. People voted in a certain way. Mm-hmm. People voted for Morrison. People mm-hmm. voted for Boris. People voted for Trump for a reason. Exactly. Their lived experiences and... Told them. Yeah, and they're, lead, that they're the leaders that mm-hmm. represent their needs.
0: Exactly. So it's a such... So who gives us the right,
1: really? To yeah, like, exactly. But it makes me think, you. like, how do we tap into those experiences? Mm-hmm. How do we come from a place where we can, like, come together and look at those experiences and learn from them and be like, how do we work together? Yeah, Girl, I think work together. That's
0: like, <laughs> it. <laughs> I think, you know, in the on the left, yeah, the unsexy here, left in the US, <laughs> everywhere we need to find a way to build a coalition between, yeah. um us <laughs> in a city, zoomers, zoomers, and leftists who care a lot about cultural issues. So yeah, like. Um, LGBT rights yeah girl I was <laughs> oh, girl rights <laughs> girl power um, pussy power the rights of women yeah how do we um, et cetera? etc uh, and those people and people who have traditionally been associated with the left yeah because how do you- they're f- fucking fleeing <laughs> they're like get me out of the left on the quick yeah and yeah. they are not voting for left candidates anymore
1: yeah or even if you were like Central, you're
0: not voting. No, for the no one's voting. <laughs> no one is voting for the left, and like, we're aware we saw of that, what happened we? in the UK. We saw what happened here. Yeah, and
1: there was like a really good article about how that's setting that setting precedents for like what's going to happen in the U.S. Yeah. next year. I mean,
0: the article, if anyone wants to read it, it's in the New York Times. Labor's crushing loss in Britain adds to, quote unquote, too far left debate in the U.S. And that does worry me because yeah, Sanders, Sanders and Warren, my favorite candidates. <laughs> Trump's not Sanders especially (laughs) um, are both really far left. They both have pretty radical leftist policies. And it's times like these and people on the more moderate left stuff being like, start being like, maybe we need a Biden. Maybe we need a... (laughs) Who else? Buttigieg. Maybe we need. Yeah. And I
1: think there's a lot to be said for like de-disenfranchising or like separating Mm. themselves from that worker base, which is what we talked about, like the Labour Party in Australia Mm -hmm. and also the Labour Party in the UK, obviously. They had such a strong, like that's where their origins are from. Mm -hmm. And so it's so interesting. And so sad. Yeah. That they've really alienated themselves from their support. From the base. And like, Yeah. It's interesting, though, if you look at that, Because mm-hmm. obviously like nate, like pol- politics and like republics Republicans, Democrats, labor liberal, it really doesn't mean anything anymore. No. but like looking at the support base and looking at the historical mm-hmm. like lead up to this, it's like this shouldn't this wouldn't be where you think this these parties would
0: be at this time? No. No, it's not. And the left is obviously in crisis and needs to take a long hard look at itself and i think a lot of the issues it has begin with democracy? No, cancel culture. Oh, really? Really? And it's discontents. Yeah. yeah. I
1: mean, we'll probably do a whole episode on cancel culture, but if you want to talk about it briefly. No, i don't. Cuz okay. i have so
0: much. You know i'm like yeah. she hates I'm obsessed cancel. with cancel culture.
1: James Charles didn't mean it. <laughs>
0: and that's Um, why yeah that's why where it all came from should we get into clips
1: of the week or do you have
0: something to say to finish off
1: well I was going to say I think it all comes back to democracy to this whole system Mm -hmm. do we I mean obviously this is not going to be like my hot take of the week (laughs) but should we just get rid of democracy (laughs) yeah because I like reveal myself to be a Stalinist on this episode. Well, it's just like obviously I know that's not going to work, and I am all for social, political, economic rights. Like I get it, I get it. I love love the old D, but
0: if we got (laughs) nothing, I love more than the D. I mean the D, the big D. I mean mean democracy. democracy. (laughs) Um, but when what what stage are we
1: like? Democracy isn't working.
0: I mean it's probably not working great right now, but I mean everyone from the right probably thinks it's working awesome. But then like also if
1: you're someone who's like a brexit lover mm. you're like it's not working either
0: yeah i i'm 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 still attached to democracy and i don't want to oh yeah away. i mean i
1: don't i don't like quote me i'm obviously <laughs> not wanting an autocratic regime but i do think it's very <laughs> don't at me. yeah i just think it's a very interesting <laughs> situation we've come to where everyone every the whole pendulum has swung to the right mm-hmm doesn't look like it's going to swing back anytime soon. Mm-hmm. We had moments of, like, movement, of progress, of, like, progress in yeah. terms of, like, I know we have issues with Obama's uh, neoliberalist mm. policies, but, like, as having a person of colour yeah. in the White House, Big deal. having Julia Gillard, I mm-hmm. think a woman Big as Prime deal. Minister, I mean, <laughs> I don't
0: know what the UK's had, Theresa, you're a woman, <laughs> so we stand. <laughs> No, I actually don't. Okay, there's. I think there's this thing now with like libfems where it's mm. like. It's, I went to a um panel about feminism and capitalism, which we're not going to get into. Yeah, in we're going to right a whole other episode. But Fatemeh Butoh made this amazing quote. <laughs> made this ama- Said something great. <laughs> said something <laughs> she perfect, conceived it. Where she made this point, and they all kind of jumped in on this that under today's parameters for feminism, anything a woman does is automatically feminist. Oh, I know. And she and was like, under, so today's, true. under today's standards, Maggie Thatcher would be a feminist. Yeah. So I like... A woman in power? Go, girl. Go yes, boss. queen. She-E-O. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. it's awful. Yeah. Like the pink pussy hat feminists are going to come for us for saying this, but... Yeah, but it's you can't. I don't think it's necessarily so productive. Like, women are just as... Easily kind of corrupted by power as men are. We're all corrupted by power. The femme
1: fatale. You know? Like, it's not. <laughs> Where do you think like Therese Macbeth <laughs> comes from?
0: <laughs> what is this social? Sure? Macbeth? <laughs> yeah, yeah, bitch. Lady Macbeth heard about? <laughs> yeah.
1: Anyway, sorry. Um, Where did I come from? Democracy.
0: Yeah. Ther- so I think, like, Theresa May, I'm not, like, psyched she's a woman because. giving <laughs> us a bad I wasn't threat. happy <laughs> she was in in. On Downing Street anyway, so that's my And I think back to this whole – what I was saying pretty much is Mm. like
1: it's a really interesting revisionist history episode. It's like the first one. I'll link Mm -hmm. it. It's really interesting. It's pretty much how like when the door opens to someone Mm -hmm. of a minority and that could be a woman, that could be a person of colour, that could be someone with three arms, that could be anyone. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, I just mean any sort of – opposition mm-hmm. the door shuts harder and so hard after them yeah and this man gentleman was talking about <laughs> this podcaster but revisionist history Isn't oh, his? yeah, yeah 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 why could i just say that the man that oh, anyway he <laughs> I pretty much this
0: gentleman <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> this human being this combination of atoms <laughs> was like he used the example of Julie mm. Gillard being like, it opened up, but it shut so hard. Yeah. And it's so true. It but it opened up for Obama, it shut so hard. There was no means, mm. there was never ever going to be like, that's why we have Trump. That's why we have Morrison. Yeah. That's why yeah, we yeah, have yeah. Boris. Yeah. It's because these doors open, but they shut so hard. Mm-hmm. But my question is this is like my roundabout point. Yeah. How come things can shut so hard, hard after the left to have a little bit of a moment? And mm-hmm. how come they never shut hard after the right? <laughs> That's a really good point. But like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, when the do. right kind starts, the right feeds, and the right grows, the right, and the right keeps g- going. The right just gets the, the right momentum. does not stop. Yeah, the, the left door stays
0: wide. Yeah, open. the
1: left does one thing and the door shuts, and everyone's like, "Oh, that was nice, <laughs> that was cute," and then like nothing happens. Glad it's but well, you don't have the answer.
0: I don't have the answer. I'm Shame. just gonna leave that question. Shame down. on you. And I'm gonna divert to clits of, the week. clits of the week. What are we reading? What are we consuming? Um. Last time we <laughs> tried to record this, it was just <laughs> me and Anna. Reading out our um Our Spotify unwrap. <laughs> yeah, and it was so boring. <laughs> so, oh, my favorite genre is
1: <laughs> I got what did I get? <laughs> what's
0: it, what's India it? Electronica. Oh yeah. Um,
1: I actually bought recently received the book as a gift, The Glad Shout. I've only just started
0: it. <gasps> I really wanna read that. It's yeah. like that a Climate Apocalypse one by Asperson? Yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah. It
1: looks good. Um I saw the like I was reading the back of it mm. and was like pretty much like the end it ended with like look what a woman does under like in her struggles and her suffering like oh, oh and God. I was like oh yes this is my I <laughs> my G. I'm also yeah.
0: struggling yeah I was like
1: <laughs> feels but it's actually interesting it's set in Melbourne um it's a climate apocalyptic book so it'd be interesting, but I've only just sort of started that. And I've been listening to, him for his graduation gift, my dad mm. bought me a Supertramp record. So I've been listening Ooh. to that a lot. All right, what have you been reading?
0: Um, <laughs> sounds so...
1: What have you been reading?
0: I want to talk about what I've been listening to for now.
1: <laughs> if you must, yes.
0: Uh, oh, um, so I've been living alone this week. Um. <laughs> Because my
1: <laughs>
0: my housemate left, she fucked off back to Sydney, so I've been soloing. I've been cooking. I've been <laughs> having a great time. Um, what have you been listening to? And I've been so. There's we have a we have a record at home. Um, one record. Is, we have a bunch, but oh. the one we listen to <laughs> a lot is the cli- Have you, the climax soundtrack? Have you seen climax? No. It's like a French horror film ah. from the early 2000s. And we basically, we only ever put it on usually when we have people over because it's like electronic music oh, yeah, mostly. Yeah. But now that I'm living solo, I've been putting it on all the time. Yeah. Like when I wake up, when I'm cooking, when I'm just at home chilling. Yeah. Um, so she, that's, that's like you really can't go. handle your own
1: My sol- own thoughts. <laughs> well, yeah, your own thoughts and your own solitude.
0: No, I think it might <laughs> I think it's more—it's right more coming out of sheer boredom. Yeah, no, it's always nice to crank like, crank fill the air. energy,
1: especially when you're alone. Because if you're alone, you hear noises. It's like, cool, that's not me. So that's somebody. <laughs> so <laughs> who else is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. And my oh, house nice. has a huge
0: gun, so it's a bit scary. Gun. Um, yeah, garden. Garden. I thought you said gun, and I was like, where? <laughs> <laughs> should be the opposite.
1: <laughs> you should be feeling very secure. <laughs> Guns are like, just ideal. Um. Anyway, back, what have you been reading?
0: Um, I'm still reading the book I was reading last week. But I wanted to talk a bit about uh, a book I read before this called Trick Mirror. We were yeah, talking about this last yeah, week. Yeah, and I saw this in the
1: bookshop and then I was like, mm-hmm, What Bella. bookshop? Readings?
0: Yeah, maybe. <gasps> <laughs> you fucking would. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I work in a bookshop that isn't reading. Yeah. So. <laughs> not happy. Contentious. Anyway, yeah. Continue. Uh, um, I read yeah it was fantastic she's a really talented essayist there's a really good essay in there that you would really like Anna it's like the, the uh, intersection between the experience of being a woman and consumerism and it's called Ooh. always be optimizing Ooh. and it's about how like every time we think we've surpassed a kind of gender role or gender expectation we just make a new one. Yeah. You know how yeah. people are like, oh, don't be like one of those like blonde, like fake tan, mm, pink, yeah, busty girls, but instead be like malnourished looking, wearing darks, no makeup makeup look effortlessly yeah. hot. Cool it's a girl. new expectation. So great. <laughs>
1: yeah, don't be high maintenance, be chill. And I'm like so <laughs> sick of the chill girl um epidemic.
0: Mm, I was watching a video, you know that have you ever seen those videos on YouTube that are like analysis like the take
1: yeah 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 and it's yeah.
0: like the cool girl trope explained
1: yeah and it's really problematic it's all about the cool like the problem it's like the cool girl the manny pixie dream girl mm. like there's so many tropes
0: and i get that like there's tropes i can only think of two types for guys who are you what are you thinking i'm thinking like ban bro n- oh i didn't think of bambro bro ban bro soft boy <laughs> alpha what about fuck boy oh fuck off. I guess. I haven't met a fuckboy in literal years. I think they exist, but because the fuckboy is, like, so I feel like the overdone. the fuckboy is on the decline. Well, I think everyone's
1: a fuckboy. And the
0: softboy is on the up. Yeah, but I think worse. everyone's a
1: fuckboy, but, like, they hide it. So a, fu- a soft boy's still a fuckboy, but he hides mm, it. He hides is still it. a fuckboy, but he hides <laughs> it.
0: <laughs> I think you're right.
1: Hot take, everyone. Stay. No, no.
0: <laughs> I love talking about this. I have this theory that, like... Soft boys slash fake woke guys in Brunswick. Yeah. Are actually worse <laughs> than any other like random oh, dude off yeah, the street. Yeah, we know this.
1: I went on that date with that guy and he was like telling me how, <laughs> in like, in a very like, condescending man's yeah but a very long way
0: too. Oh like God. went on
1: for hours about like <laughs> the issues with masculinity and how he can't wear this like pattern jumper because of like <laughs> the confines of masculinity <laughs> so, like i wear a gorman jumper but like and i literally couldn't even get a word in oh and it God. was like
0: i was like, like shut
1: uh, up. Uh, uh, no one cares and i was like i empathize like it's hard to be a male, but like, like, is it? But I was like, please pick pick your
0: audience. Like, literally, I yeah, was like, I really don't care. Yeah, I so have this I theory that, that like woke men are so like. Nauseated by their own patriarchal power, oh, which definitely. God knows it exists. It's oh, there for sure.
1: This the always makes me think of Connell from Normal People. <laughs> Normal he was People. he was just so awkward because he had so he, much he fucking power. He was like, Ugh. There's like, there's like scene
0: oh. in Normal People where he says he he realizes. <laughs> There's like a line where he realizes how easy it would be for him to hit her and get her. Yeah. Away. It? Yeah. And he gets really awkward and she's like, What's wrong? And he's like, <laughs>
1: nothing. And I'm like, Yes. That's real. That's real. But when you're I get it, you, mm. men don't why sorry, this I don't know where this went, but I get that men don't choose to be on top of the food chain. Like I get it. You don't you're not born and you're like, yeah. Oh, I wanna be a man and this is what I mm-hmm. want but it's given to you.
0: It's much healthier to process something and deal with it and work through it then suppress it and be nauseated by it and then try to prove you don't have it <laughs> by being like, oh, no, I'm struggling too. I can't wear a Gorman jumper. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, you have it? And, like, just and deal I with think it. Usually in the end, those kind of guys end up being even more uh, kind of their their misogyny exerts itself in these subliminal subconscious Ulti- ultimately more damaging ways because yeah. it's so suppressed it kind of comes out the edges like hey like yeah i'm here but and they don't even know what's going on and it's because they're always trying to prove themselves as not that but mm. then they are and i was like mm. i i'm always like i'd rather just hang out with like some like douchebag sports misogynist meathead because then at least i'd know what i was signing up for
1: yeah, and yeah, anything he said, you'd be like, like you wouldn't even, you wouldn't even care. You wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, like if you were dating someone that like, it's like that we always laugh at that meme that's like,
0: before I guess that you please may I acknowledge the story. Like
1: yeah, we before always before I guess
0: that you may acknowledge the traditional. Yeah, ones
1: and I'm like, <laughs>
0: ugh, I really want like a
1: trashy book to read. Oh, that's like really cute. I have a recommendation. Yeah, give it hit me. Um, I have
0: two. Yeah. Um, red, white, and royal blue. It's like a gay love story across Ooh. America and the U.S. Um, kind of embarrassing. I think it's Y A. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my god! But I lot of love Y A. Okay, <laughs> Y A not like Y A. embarrassing <laughs> genre
0: of all time. <laughs> YA. YA
1: made me who I am today. It's
0: like upper. It's upper teen. It's <laughs> okay, like eighteen to, the, to twenty. That's almost new age then. What's the book called? Um, blue. red, white, and royal blue, or royal holiday which is okay. kind of chick lit. That's <gasps> adult fiction, so I'd be more inclined to get that one. Okay. Oh, I'm um, keen. So you're not, like, embarrassed. But Royal Holiday is meant to be great. Oh,
1: okay. Thanks for that. No worries. Any recommendations you want? Uh, okay, Well. <laughs> <laughs> Your oh, eyes went so wide. They're like, what, <laughs> edgy, what the fuck
0: are you meaning? Wait, do you mean for books?
1: No, I just mean, like, for life. But <laughs> let's wrap it up. Well, thank you all for listening to our second episode. Oh, yeah
0: i oh.